You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 16. And today we're talking about branding strategies and how you can start to think like a Fortune 500 company while you're creating a branding strategy for your small business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm super stoked to be hanging out with you here at the beginning of a new week and for a new episode. Now, if you don't follow the show, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, which means that you will get notified every time a new episode drops in so you'll never, ever miss an episode Today, I am talking branding strategy with Carlos Capara, and we had a great conversation. Now, Carlos has worked for Fortune 500 companies, and I asked him, what do those companies do differently in their branding and their strategies that those of us in small business don't do? We had a fantastic conversation around that. He drops a ton of value. Uh, we talked about delivering awesome customer experiences and he just delivers so much value in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump right in to today's episode with Carlos Capara. Carlos, welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm so excited to have you joining us in here today. Likewise, let's get it. Let's do this. Let's. I love that about you. Let's just get into it. Let's do this. So you're a brand strategist and a design expert and so much more. The last time we chatted, um, we actually chatted for a very long time about a lot of things that we're very excited about. Before we get into it, why don't you just share with us a little bit about the kinds of people that you work with. We're going to dive a little bit more into sort of how you've got to where you are. But let's just chat about the, the people that you work with and what you help them with. Uh, so I've, I really like to work with experts, professionals, thought leaders, and that manifests itself into sometimes, you know, authors or coaches or consultants. Um, that's where my passion is because I know these are the, the professionals that really want to make a difference, make an impact, and really, you know, teach and support communities. And I have a huge passion for knowledge and just cultural progress and uplifting uh, the world. So that's where I devote my energy and I really resonate with all the experts. And in terms of providing what I do, branding, I really feel that the identity of the business is really one of the most valuable assets that you could bring into the marketplace comes in terms of standing out. So that's kind of been my world. And I really also teach that you have to focus on a niche and a community to really to be able to be impactful. Now, I know last time we spoke, I was, uh, I mentioned that I'd seen one of your designs. Um, it was actually like a logo uh, and, and a, a whole design pack with someone's website. And I was saying about how much I love that. And we ended up having a chat about it being so much more than that. 
can you take us through the process? When someone says a brand, what does that really mean to you? Because while you're designing it and doing the visuals, it's so much more than that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so when people think of a brand, number one, it just depends on their perspective and what has influenced them. So there's just a, a variety of perspectives when it comes to the branding. Uh, but if you talk to anyone who's been in branding for a long time, for their entire career, such as myself, uh, there's different perspectives. There's kind of like the small business view on branding, which is very, I would say, one-dimensional. Mm. Mostly just on the visual aspect because that's kind of just what you need up and running, just bootstrapped. So there's that view of the branding is just the visual part, right? The logos or the external image. Uh, but then when you look at people or agencies or firms historically from the 70s, 80s, and I've been working on branding, especially big companies, and that's my background, corporate Fortune 500 branding, it becomes something much more powerful uh, beyond that transcends beyond the image and the visuals. And it also entails a lot of strategy and entails a lot of human psychology in terms of like, okay, what's the movement and the feel that we're creating that's going to fascinate and attract the consumer or the prospect on an emotional level. Now we're looking at really a lot of moving, well, I call it like an ecosystem, a lot of different counterparts that collectively orchestrate like a big harmony of yes, visuals on one side, uh, but a lot of substance and meaning. And then, so that's, that's the brand perspective that I see from, and that'll entail various dimensions. And I know that's kind of a lot, but it's just think of it as a, a synchronicity, synchronicity, and it's just a harmony. All right. So I've heard people um, start like what's going to what gets you here is not going to get you there and I have heard people say if you start if you want to be a fortune 500 company start acting like that now so that you can get there so from working with uh, fortune 500 companies what can you share with us about how to think about our brand something like what do they do that is different to what small businesses don't do Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, what really stands out is how aggressively they commit to the future of their business. And that's a whole different mindset than the small business owner, which is, you know, working in the business where when they're branding, they're like, okay, let's brand for 2018. Where are we at right now? The big business, which has, you know, a lot more responsibility, they're like, where are we going to be in 2025? Where are we going to be? Where do we want the brand to pull us? And it's kind of like when you show up to an interview, right? You, 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 you dress, you present yourself for what you're aspiring to become. And so the, the, that's the larger Fortune 500 thinking is like, okay, let's package ourselves, pre present ourselves in a manner that creates this much more bigger and commands more respect uh, perception. And so they're really looking to grow into their brand. And that in itself pulls the brand forward and it creates this perception in the marketplace that you're really a lot more bigger, powerful, and you know, command a, a bigger market share. And that's huge for a business owner when you're trying to grow fast. Absolutely. And, and it changes your way of thinking right from the beginning, right? So instead of always playing catch up, like saying, let's design something that fits us for now, by the time that's actually finished, it's already outdated. Or, you know, the, the business may have already achieved those goals rather than thinking, what is it that, or where do we want to be? What is it that we want to be perceived as? And reverse engineering that so that we can get that right now and start to grow into that. Ooh, reverse engineer and grow into that. I love that. No, you, nail, you nailed it. It's about 
making sure that the brand you brand for the future that you're trying to create. Now your brand is really you controlling and influencing how you want to be positioned in the marketplace. And that right there takes a responsibility because now all your behaviors, your actions, you have to really take them in account and be like, okay, is this going to create what I want to create two, three years, five, 10 years from now? And uh, I guess it, it puts you in a responsibility um, you know, place. Yeah, totally. So if, we're sit- if someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking, that's really great. Um, I've got this brand that I'm not 100% happy with. I don't feel that it represents what it is, who I stand for, what I want to be. And they start to think 2025, I have no idea. I really don't know. Where can we start with that? I would look at a few different lenses. Uh, One, you know, what are your unique strengths and what do you have to offer to the marketplace? Uh, And then weigh that in with what's already existing in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if you've niched down into a, you know, into a specific uh, specialty, you can already start to see the trends and the patterns of what's going to happen five years from now. Where is your industry going? And so you kind of have to play this anticipation and be able to project what the new demands are going to be and how you can fulfill those demands and continue to deliver, deliver this value and, and create something that, you know, in five years, it's going to be very different and contrasting. Which is where I was going to interject there and play devil's advocate and say, well, do we really want to be matching to what already exists? Or do we want to look at that and say, what's my point of difference so that we can really stand out? Yep, exactly. The point of difference is key. And I like to call it also a point of view. Mm-hmm. And if, if you were to work with me, I look at everything as, okay, what movement are you creating? And when you think of your business as a movement, as opposed to a product or a service, now you're looking at, okay, what do I stand against? What's not right in my industry? And what am I trying to improve? It's a movement builds, has cultural relevance, but it brings improvement to society. And so really, what are you bringing that's improving and really, you know, changing the game for for the better, hopefully? That's going to guide you. Totally. And I was just giving a training last week and we were talking about this exact topic, actually. Uh, And we were talking about creating a movement. And one of the things that we were talking about was really defining what this brand is and what you stand for so much, like really knowing exactly what it is that you stand for and what you don't stand for and creating that polarity in the marketplace. Um, You know, and we had a huge discussion around how fearful people were about saying this is what I stand for and having people come out and, and, you know, getting offended or, you know, having a having a shot or whatever it is and making it quite public. But in actual fact, this is what makes the other side really gravitate towards you and say, oh my goodness, that person has just said exactly what I believe in. And it's so refreshing that they have. And that creates that movement with strength. Exactly. The polarity and being specific and, you know, the courage, it all boils down to courage and Absolutely. confidence. I think, yeah. you know, if you're going to stand behind something, you have to be okay with people saying, eh, I'm not really into that and be willing to let go of, or, or of that customer or of that, you know, that mindset and just, just let it go. I think what I was going to add to that is that the strongest brands are accepting that they're not created and designed to be liked by everyone. And if you think of when you fall in love with someone, there's, there's two different people you, you'll, you'll fall, in, two people that you'll be attracted to. One, people that are like, oh, you know, he's really nice. 
and there's something great about him. I like him. Um, and they're, you know, and then there's the other individual that you're just fascinated by him or her. And it, it boils down to their personality and they're just very unique. Um, but there's this passionate, this passionate attraction that you have towards this individual. So this, you're either going to hate someone, you know, or really love someone and become like a raving fan and just embrace them. And that's what a good brand should do. It's like a relationship. It's like, you just can't, you're fascinated by the individual because they have such a vibrant personality. And sometimes that will put off other people like, oh yeah, he's, I don't, I don't like them. So I, I think of the brand as it like a, just a really vibrant personality and some people are going to embrace it. Some people are going to reject it. It's, it's business. Totally. And I, what you just said that then that brands are not being created and, or they shouldn't be created and designed for everyone was a huge piece of gold because that's really what's going to give your brand that edge and that unique perspective that, you know, gives that person, that brand a personality that will have people either attracted to or not attracted to because it's our brand is just an extension of who we are. And, you know, when we go out into the world, we don't like everyone and nor does everyone like us and that's okay. But we want to make sure that we're attracting the right people, not the wrong people. Exactly. And if you're, if you're, if you know anything about business, you know, it's about, it's a loyalty game and it's a long-term game to look at branding from that perspective. Then it just makes sense for you to do the work on to how to build something meaningful that mm. will create loyalty in the marketplace without even caring about what the immediate return on investment is. You know, yeah. Because if you can't, that's not, we're so metric driven like, okay, what's the exact ROI metrics? Like there's a place for that. But with the branding, it's like, how do you measure someone falling in love with you and s spreading it to all their friends because they are so fascinated by what you're doing. You can't measure it. That's just, that's the equity, the value that lives inside of what you're creating. It's tangible. It's not tangible. So you're talking about designing something that's quite visual. It was funny. I was just watching a, uh, a comedy show last night talking about colors. And before I go somewhere completely different, I did want to touch on this very quickly because a lot of people get held up on the colors of their brand. What, what can you offer us in that area? Before we choose the colors of our brand, what do we need to think about? You know, with, with colors, now we're looking at science. Any good consultant will look at the human side of what they're creating. And as humans, you know, we're emotional, we're triggered by emotion. So when it comes to color, it's, it's simple. Different colors, if you Google color psychology, different colors evoke different moods. And like I said, Driving the emotion with your brand is important. So depending on what you're trying to create, uh, so for example, if you have like a spa, a spa or a massage and it's very calming and it's a, like a soothing environment, then it needs to reflect the color psychology and you got to do the work and hopefully your brander and creative can pull some colors that evoke this emotion, right? This, this ocean of calm, trusting blues and feel safe and open and inviting um, so there's just this, this, this strategic, it's color psychology and there's a science behind it. And on the other side, yeah, you want to create some, you know, relevant colors that evoke that, that mood because it's all about a mood, but you also have to weigh that in with what are my competitors doing? You know, if you're coming out with a new soda pop company and, you know, uh, you don't want to be the red and black, there's already Coke already. You want to stand out. You want to create contrast, but also make sure it's relevant. Love that. Cool. I just wanted to get the colors off the board and tick that box before we moved on because you're talking about creating this uh, brand for what we are in the future. 
And I know the first time you and I had a chat, we were talking about, you know, what is it that we want to be doing with our life and then um, blending this into our brand. Can you tell us exactly, uh, before, before we go into the brand, tell us exactly what you are doing at the moment in, uh, in reference to what's going on in your life in general? So I'm just, I think any good consultant and teacher should, as they mature more into their practice, should be able to teach not just by what they say, but also be a living example of what they teach. And that's, that's, the, that, that's really, I think, what really will separate you know, someone who really knows what they're doing is if you can look into their life and their behaviors and their actions, you know, and, and really be able to see, wow, this person is really living, breathing what they're teaching. And so I've had to really take more of my own medicine. And as coaches, you know, we're coaches, experts, we're notorious for that. You know, we, we love yeah. to coach people and advise, but sometimes <laughs> we don't take our own medicine. So <laughs> sometimes you do need to take a step back and do and reevaluate. Is this what it is? You know, am I doing my own? my own course, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we also seek advisors, mentors, coaches, right? Because we mm -hmm. want to we become stronger. Uh, but I found out that there's a lack and there's a gap. And for everyone listening on this podcast is you got to be able to get really good at pinpointing where the gaps and opportunities are that you can deliver and that no one can. And I started to look at my competitors and a lot of entrepreneurs say, you know, I don't believe in competition. There's room for everyone. And I think that that mindset will hurt you in the long run. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's an abundant mindset. There's room for everybody, but you have to look at what your competitors are doing so mm. that you can create like, okay, everybody's going left. Well, I'm going to build my brand and go right. So that when, you know, in the marketplace, I'll stand out. So I looked at my competitors, specifically branders, creating brands for experts. And I noticed that there's this cultural kind of, there's this kind of entrepreneur hustle culture that idolizes the luxury of becoming an entrepreneur and just filters and showcases all the greatness of being an entrepreneur, but it doesn't show the rugged, raw aspect of the struggles and documents, you know, the journey. And so I basically just said, well, I love camping. I love nature. I love surfing. And I don't, I'm not creative in this fancy, uh, you know, big agency, everybody's trying to build their big agency. So I just said, you know, I'm a pretty grassroots down to earth, you know, plant based nutrition outdoors enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I, I feel the most creative. So I'm, I started taking more camping trips, traveling around the States, you know, mobily, like virtually. And then I said, you know what, I think this is my calling. And because no one's building brands out in nature, camping, surfing every day, going to conferences, meeting people, so I just said, all right, you know, I've been playing it safe and dabbling into this lifestyle. I'm just going to make it my lifestyle and document it and show people and, and educate, inspire, which is what the core of my brand is. So that's what's happening right now is I'm traveling virtually, nomadically through the States. And I show people like, hey, just because everybody's building this look very luxurious, there's nothing wrong with, I came from corporate culture, you know, mm -hmm. I had all the beautiful, luxurious cars. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just... I'm going towards what naturally I'm passionate about. And just because every, the whole industry is going in that direction doesn't mean you have to. So that, that's what I'm, I'm creating. It's just What happened to your business when you decided to do that? Because, you know, were there people that didn't want to work with you because you weren't in the shiny office? Uh, you know, I'd love to know 
from that perspective of what happened from the kind of clients you were attracting, but also from you, like being a creative is something that you can't force. You know, I, I owned a dance studio, I was a choreographer for 18 years, 20 years. And I know that doesn't matter how much people stare at you and say, come on, we want to see it now. If you're not feeling it, it just doesn't come out, right? So I'd love to know how it's changed you as a designer also. For me, it's all about creating brands more effortlessly. That's what was wrong with corporate. It felt so forced. I felt like I had to put so much work into it. Uh, where I'm, when I'm in flow and when I'm in my elements, and a lot of it has to do with nutrition. So when I'm able to eat right, breathe right, exercise, be outdoors, I feel like everything that I start to create, it just becomes, it just happens naturally and effortlessly. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm just more in flow consistently, where before I'd be in flow once in a while. But now when I'm just like waking up near the beach, I've already ran, connected, very grounded to nature. Uh, geez, from there, it just, the, the creativity just flows and the clarity. That's what it is, is. The clarity is one aspect like, okay, I just feel so clear. And so I'm able to strategize and just do more work in half the time. It's efficiency, basically. And is that something that you had to struggle with to actually decide this is what I'm going to do? Did you have a mentor that helped you get to this point? How did you tell us about the transition? Because if someone's really listening to this right now, and I know because I've been in this position when people talk about this um, and years ago, just thinking, oh, it's okay for you. You can just do that. You don't have uh, responsibilities or you know, I've got to make sure that I've got this box ticked. Like, it can be a bit scary making that transition, but I know that once you've done it, it's not as hard as what you think it is. But how did you make that transition? I, like I said, I, I noticed the opportunity that no one else was doing this. And I started to, you know, I invest a lot into coaching and, uh, you know, going to conferences about mindset and, and whether it's NLP or public speaking it all has pointed to one to one route. I always say, you know, all the sources point to the higher source and it's just about mindset. And I've discovered that when I'm honest with myself and when I feel like I'm in integrity with what I truly love, then from that place, I feel more confident and happy with myself. And I knew, so I just did an inventory of, okay, what do I love? So I knew I love the outdoors. I love eating clean. Uh, I love to be active. And so I said, okay, if I'm not in, in, you know, injecting what I love completely into my business, then this isn't the right business for me. And being behind my laptop, I didn't become an entrepreneur to be stuck behind my laptop in an office. You know, I already did that in corporate, you know, 14, 16 hour days. So I just said, all right, if I can't, my business can't support my lifestyle, I'm not going to do it. I already failed my first year completely. So I got to make sure I love my business. And that's when I said, all right, that I have to go all in. It's the only way. And, and to answer your question, it turned off a lot of people. But at the same time, it made space for hmm. all the other people that love me. And they're like, oh, my God, this is so interesting. I know that you can't see us right now because you're listening to this on a podcast. But I've got a huge smile on my face because what Carlos has just shared is absolute gold. And I'm smiling because this is the exact epiphany that I had that turned my business around as well is instead of trying to design a business that you think is the way it should be done and then getting it going and then suddenly going, why am I not feeling happy? Why am I not fulfilled? Why does this feel like a struggle? Instead, just don't even, fit, just don't even think about what that is and focus on what is it that I want? 
What is it that I enjoy, enjoy doing? What is it that fulfills me? What is it that, you know, gives me a smile every day? And now how does my expertise fit that? And then reverse engineering. There it comes again, reverse engineering what it is that your business needs to mould into to get you to your outcome. And I think already, I think this is probably the third or fourth time we've even mentioned it just in this short time that we've been chatting is that you have to know the outcome that you're trying to achieve and then try and mould everything into that instead of the other way. Yeah, no, exactly. And now that I think about it, like, yeah, you know, no one said you need to go do this is go design in nature and travel, travel the world. But I have to give credit to my coach. She asked all the right questions in terms of Carlos, what freaking makes you happy? You know, mm. why, why did you start your business? It's back to the why. Mm. And then from there, like my coach is the one, if now that I think about it, she really asked all the right questions. And I was like, oh my God, I don't really love my business. It's a love-hate relationship. So I have to give credit to the people in my life that, that just paved the way and said, hey, what are you doing? I know this isn't about coaching, but that's what an, an exceptional coach will do is it'll help you see things that you can't see. Oh, totally. Because we're so in our lives. It's like we're in the mud bucket. We can't see anything because we're in it. And it does take other people to not show us because we don't want them to show us, but to ask the right questions so that we can explore and start to try things on for size so that we can design our lives and our business the way that we want to. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. So now that I think about it, how can you assign a price to the people in your life that are shedding this type of light into you? I know I prayed and I invested in a coach, but if I really do the math on if I were in business for the next 20 years, the investment that I made with this coach, it has paid itself millionfold. Yeah. <laughs> Because of the clarity, the cash is in the clarity. Whether you work with me, a brander, a coach, it's just about clarity. That's all. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you've even thought about it 20 years from now because it's like a sliding doors moment, really, where you could go one way or you could go the other. And just taking that one choice, right, you know, at that time that you were working with that coach, how many more opportunities and how many moments come along the way? It's it's um, endless really, isn't it? I'd never thought about it like that either. <laughs> no, because people start, and the thought has been in me because people are like, you go to all these conferences, is it really worth it? Some of them are thousands of dollars. And I'm like, how dare you assign money to relationships? Oh, you can't. That's one of my biggest, biggest uh, talking points is the people that you surround yourself with will change your life more than you could ever know. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with money because you might refer me to 10 other people. I might refer you to 15 other, other people. I might call you when I'm down in the dumps and I just need a friend and that has nothing to do with money. I've learned entrepreneurship, even though you're around so many people, it can get lonely because we have a, a whole, we're wired differently. So when you're around people that are like, hey man, I know what it's like to want to take over the world, be an expert and be amazing and build a thriving business. And I know that sometimes I know that ambition, that fire inside you, not everyone has that. So it's, uh, it's just soothing. And as humans, we just want to belong mm -hmm. and connect. Absolutely. I was uh, just had the best weekend with 
uh, a client actually took us on a road trip with the heap of his other clients and, and, and we're actually a client of his as well. So as part of the community, we all went on a road trip and went and did French cooking class and, and it was a whole day. You know, we left at 6.30 in the morning and got home at 10 at night and we were drinking champagne sometime in the afternoon and I was just I was just chatting with him, just, you know, saying this is the best day. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having so much fun. You know, we weren't even talking about business. We were just having a great time and surrounded by like-minded people. The conversation's great. And I just said to him, you know, this is why I do what I do, not to help people make money or create business per se, but to actually have the freedom to do things like this whenever they want and to be able to have the choice to, to say, I'm going to do this. And it was just a, a, one of those moments that it was, it was like time stood still and him and I were just standing there and I was like, wow, you know, we can have these amazing times no matter what our business is just by being really aware of what it is that we want. Yeah, I love this. This is where this conversation led us to and it led us to the most important part of the relationship process, which is just business, right? It essentially becomes an experience. And when you want to hold a special place in people's hearts in a very, very noisy, complicated, on the surface, shallow world, deliver them an experience, however it means, however it looks like to your business. For some, it's, it's an event. For some, it's just a conversation like we're having right now, where it's just, mm. it's just fluid and effortlessly. It's an experience. And at that point, all the other junk and noise and distractions and information that people are trying to process in this world, it all just, woof, it'll fall behind and your experience will come forward and become memorable. That's the highest order responsibility of your business as a brand, as an expert is so that you can become remembered because it's getting crowded and it's only going to get worse. So, And that was exactly what I was going to ask you. As we're going into you know, 20, well, by 2025, 50% of the workforce is going to be self-employed, freelancing, consulting, what, whatever it is. Do you believe that it is more, even more important now than thinking about our brand and delivering that experience than it has been in the past? Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it is because everybody wants the short, the quick shortcut. Everybody wants like the quick conversion, you know, the, these it's where the economy is rewarding quick, fast, you know, to your doorstep, everything's so fast. And that's great. That's part of technology and advancement. But when you want to create something powerful, this is what power, powerful people do is they don't build a business based off the technology. They communicate to the human side of people and humans will always be humans. And that means we'll always be emotional creatures and we'll always be triggered by an experience and a human, you know, connection. So when you start to build a human business in an online world, you're going to start to move hearts. And then at that point, you know, once you start to connect people's hearts, they'll open their wallets to you. They'll, they'll give you their time, their most precious assets. So yeah, I, I think in this world, in this, in this economy, it's important to bring back the human component. It's a must. Totally. And so can you give us the I'd love to know the sorts of questions that we can start asking ourselves to really dive into what our brand needs to be so that it fits us like a glove. So we, we talked about, you know, at first we need to think about what is it that we want? 
from our lives where we want to be taking our business? What are the what is the next question that we need to be asking? Let's see. I, I could give you a lot of different things. Uh, a big part of it is the personality. Is mm-hmm. you know, are you really bringing your personality to your business? You know, and and if you want. You can ask people, okay, what makes you unique? And, you know, you know, do you have a distinct voice? What's your attitude? Are you fun, flirty, you know, vibrant, energetic? You got to bring all that personality into your business. That's, that's energy. So that's one aspect. But I think the deeper thing that I would like to leave with your audience is that if you're going to create a meaningful brand, you have to really look at how you perceive yourself. Because if you're going to try to create an image or a perception in in your space, which is just what a brand is, Mm -hmm. is the perception. If you're going to try to create this perception of yourself, if you don't have that same image, respect and love and understanding for yourself of that image you're trying to create, it's not going to work. So you got to be able to really look at yourself and say, you know what? I am strong, powerful, clear, vibrant, energetic, and creative, and very, really, you know, expressive. And that's who I am. And if I believe that genuinely, and I have that perception of myself on every cellular level of my body, then at that point, when you create the brand, it's going to work because you believe that of yourself. And then people will start to say, you know what, Carlos is expressive, natural, grass, you know, down to earth, and he's just expressive and that's who he is. So it doesn't work that way. You know, if, if you're not building something authentic, you, you can't, you're going to fail miserably at trying to create that impression, that image of you in the space. So it's congruency. It's going to take your brand really further. That was such a piece of gold right there. And that is why we need to make sure that we do have the coaches and mentors that can help us to show up to be the best version of ourselves. That's why it's so important to be, uh, you know, bringing self-care into our lives. That's why it's so important to be surrounding ourselves with like-minded people because there is no gap between our perception of who we are and our brand. And when you really start to dive that deep, that's when you really start to think, wow, you know, that's when you get a really deep brand. So that was just fabulous. Now, I believe that you've got a free gift for the people that are on the call. Can you take us through that? Yeah, I love doing these what's called discovery calls where I learn about what you're creating, who you are, and what you're trying to build behind your movement. And if that's aligned with my values and where my business is going, then let's freaking do this. Let's, if you're going in this direction, I want you on my team. I want to be on your team. And if you're not, and if you're driven by all the things that I'm not, it's okay. We'll find out on the discovery call. I can probably point you towards you know, most other branders, which are you probably my best friends or my mentors. So I will point you in the right direction. But I'd love to hear about what's the movement that you're creating? What excites you? And if, if we're on the right frequency, let's do business. Let's keep in touch. I trust that you know something will unfold if we're seeing eye to eye. So I want to invite you guys to a, a discovery call. Here's the link to my calendar and just commit to starting something. That's where it starts. Love it. And I will pop your website and the link for that discovery call in the show notes so people can hit their book straight in, have a chat with you. Thank you so much, Carlos, for sharing everything they've shared with us today. What do you feel that needs to be the parting thought that you leave our listeners with today? Oh, you ask good questions. I've, yeah. been on a lot of, I've been on a lot of podcasts. Um, and I don't know, I'm curious if, if some of these are spontaneous, but these are good questions. Okay, so part, 
Parting thoughts. You know, everything we talked about, we talked about what a lot of other people are not talking about. And we didn't talk about funnels. We didn't talk about marketing. We didn't talk about like copywriting and online quick tactics. We've talked about who you are. And the parting thought I want to leave with you guys is once you reverse engineer who you really are and you're clear about it, then you can go build an amazing funnel of marketing, copywriting, speaking on stage. Everything is going to give you a better ROI. So brand first, then, you know, Go all in with your marketing. You might not even need marketing because you're getting so many referrals. You know, you might just build it organically if you're in that place. But that's the thought I want to leave you guys with is do the work up front. Sometimes it's like a front-loaded model. Invest in getting clear. From there, you'll get so much more return on investment with all of your other communications. And you will become a leader to other people that haven't done the work up front. Brilliant way to end. That's what we're all here to be. We're here to be leaders. We're here to create movements. We're here to make an even bigger impact. And we're here to live a life of fulfillment, passion, purpose, all of the amazing things. Thank you so much, for Carlos, for joining us here and the Thoughtbeat Leaders Business Lab. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Ooh, likewise. Thank you. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.